Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Imperial TMT podcast, where we invite entrepreneurs, innovators, and idealists from all backgrounds to have mindful conversations about business and technology. I'm your host, Jojo. In this episode, we have the founder of the Food Bank of Bolivia, Nicole, with us. I'm super happy to have you here, Nicole. Hello, Jojo. Well, thank you so much for this invitation. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so glad you want to know like more about myself and the food bank. So <laughs> let's get started. Sure. Uh, speaking of food banks, it plays a key role in addressing the global food crisis. It collects food through local and national partnerships and distributes it to people facing economic hardship. Historically, food banks collect surplus food from suppliers and distributors. The Global Food Banking Network works in more than 40 countries where food banks partner with nearly 60,000 community-based agencies that feed 49 million people. It partners with food bank networks that support and promote food banking in their respective regions. Now we will hear the story of their branches in Bolivia. So the Food Bank of Bolivia was founded in 2018 in the classrooms of the Universitat Del Valle. Nowadays, the Food Banks of Bolivia extends constantly support to more than 15,000 people in Conchababa and is looking toward expanding to La Paz and Santa Cruz in Bolivia. So before we kick off, could you introduce yourself and maybe share one of your fun facts with us? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm 26 years old. Uh, I started this project, yeah, like five years ago um, when I was 21. I have a bachelor's degree in business administration. I'm a teamwork lover. Um, I also have like a super healthy lifestyle with a lot of exercise and healthy food. I love like yoga, pilates. And uh, I I just in general love entrepreneurship, all types of, of ventures. And what, like a super fan fact for me would be like, I'm a Disney lover. Um, I've been to Disney like so many times since I was a child and I'm even wearing like a, a sweater with, with a Mickey Mouse right now. So yeah. That's very interesting. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. So most people choose to work for big companies before starting their own venture, but it seems you took a different path that very few people would choose. Could you tell us about your career and how the Food Bank of Bolivia started? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, it's actually right what you are saying, because, well, most of the people, including myself, will see that um, experience super important before we start a venture. So I think experience is like very important, right? Like work, job experience. But well, in my case, you know, I started like developing some social impact projects, the third year of university, I actually funded the, uh, a student society um, with the goal of training leaders. So like when I was 19, I started developing all these like small social impact projects. And uh, on 2017, you know, I, I heard about this concept of food banks for the first time. And I don't know, it completely like blew my mind on how it works, how efficient it is, how it's like generating so much impact in all of the countries. And, you know, at that time, there was like non-food banks in Bolivia. So, you know, I had the energy, I had the motivation to help progress my country. 
Um, I had business administration knowledge, like for my career. Uh, I had also some experience leading social impact projects. I had my partner who also I started um, already making some social projects, which is called, who's called Jason. And, you know, I also had to, had that support from the university. So I just took the chance, you know, I had the opportunity to start there. I was look, I was like, okay, I can start now because there's an opportunity because there's no food banks. And I, I have all these resources that once I already mentioned, and, uh, you know, someone, something like inside me just was telling me like, hey, do it, do it, do it. Yes. <laughs> so basically I decided to trust myself and just jump, uh, like, as you said, like working in others, one, um, like in a, in a company and just like start my own venture. So yeah, you know, I, I took a leap of faith, but something inside me was telling me to do it. Mm -hmm. And and I had resources, you know, yeah, I yeah. had very many resources. So, yeah. It seems like you picked a very good timing to start. Um, I mean, with everything's ready on your side. So before you started the food bank, have you contacted any other food banks worldwide? Did you learn anything from them? Yeah. So I started like the first thing I did was I started like doing a lot of research about how food bank works, how it's like all the movement around the world. I got to know like food bank from Peru, Argentina, Mexico, Ecuador, you know, these food banks that kind of like we share some context. So I've also contacted them and like through through the global food banking network. And yeah, I started like getting this like network with all these because these are food banks, for example, in Argentina, it has like 20 years. The one in Mexico is actually like, like a, an example for all the world. It's one of the biggest ones. It has like 50 years. So, you know, we are constantly learning from, from these food banks, which are in the same region, but already have like 30, 40, 50 years. So they actually have been like very, very helpful for all our development. Yes, I got it. So... As far as I know, the food bank of Bolivia is your second venture. So did you build up any other ventures before this? Yeah, well, I did. You know, uh, on 2017, I started a, a business, my own business, and just, you know, always going with, <laughs> with my own projects. Just want to lead and just, I, I don't know, I just want to build my things. So I started a business, a vending machines business on 2017. Well, this is, yeah, actually super, super uh, like a, a nice fact that actually the food bank was what sustained me like economically dur during the first two years of the food bank. Uh, because the first two, two years of the food bank, well, I didn't make any money through mm -hmm. the food bank and we needed a, a lot of job. I mean, I was already full time two years without earning like nothing, but I had my vending machine like, yeah, so vending machine business, which led me like, you know, like work uh, some hours in the week and then just earn money. So, yeah, that, that is my first venture. It's actually really nice because my parents helped me start it. So mm -hmm. I took a loan from them to buy my two first um, vending machines. Then I gave the money back. Then I took another loan from them, like for two other vending machines. And I have, I have six vending machines. I'm super happy because they are like in super strategic points. So I get to fill them like every single day. Now I have a hired employee that fills them every single day. And, you know, now I work like probably six to eight hours uh, a month 
just to take care and of the of the main stuff of the of this business and uh yep yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really 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 glad i got to start doing that because you know as i said it, it led me like build a food bank and also mm-hmm. earn money yeah yeah sure i was surprised to uh hear from you that you haven't earned any money in the first and second years of uh, building the food bank. And also I was surprised to hear you found the sweet spot in the vending machine because it seems like vending machine is a self-serving services that means you don't need to pay a lot of attention. So I think it's a super wise decision for you. Okay, so are there any competitors in Bolivia? Because when you started in 2018, you must do a lot of research in this market so are there any competitors in Bolivia and what are the unique selling points of the food bank of Bolivia yeah well you know we don't have like some direct competition because there's no other food banks no organizations that do what we do that's basically what you said like collect the surplus food from food businesses and and distribute it to to people that need it there's not no such a thing but, you know, there's indirect competition, right? We're talking about other foundations that, for example, serve children because that's one of our focuses. Or maybe indirect competitions that just, uh, I don't know, work like distributing food during some like uh, holidays. So, yeah, it would be like indirect competition, uh, you know, but because there's other like foundations going on in, in Bolivia, they also serve like families from rural areas. We also serve families from rural areas, but it's not like the same. Right. And about our, our unique selling points of the food bank and why we have so many partners and the partners companies like just love to work with us. I would say, OK, so there's a lot. Um, I, I will just mention like the few or the main ones. The first one is that um, we're talking about the, the food companies we work with, like, for example, um, Unilever or Alicorp, those. Uh, we don't ask them the uh, money or, or something that actually represents a cost to them. We ask for their surplus, surplus, which they are not selling anyway, because, because it's all the products that have not reached their standard qualities. Like, for example, within expiration day in two weeks. So that's the type of food we collect. And it, it is very convenient with, to them because they're just giving us the surplus. They're anyway getting rid of that, right? Yeah. And another like a really good point is that we go and pick up the products from the company's hubs. This means that we help them to reduce their, their costs uh, for accommodating. Because accommodating, like for example, 20 tons of any product, it, it's actually time and cost consuming, you know? And so we're helping them to reduce all these costs. Um, another like uh, a unique selling point will be that the long term, because one of the main things about the food bank, one of its characteristics, main characteristics is that it is sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sustainable because, you know, we just make like an exchange with companies. We, we give the logistics, they give the surplus. Then we make a cup, uh, another exchange with the social institutions we serve. We give them the food, but they are going to give us like a super small fee uh, as exchange. So they don't pay the food. The food is actually free, but they just help us with some of the logistics. That So this allows us to, to run the business, the, the food bank, like 24-7, whole year long. So it's a sustainable system, and we don't, we don't depend on, on a third party so that the food bank can run. 
Yes. So that's why we guarantee that it is a long-term impact because we know that the food bank is going to work like for the next 50, 60, maybe 70 years. Um, another unique selling point would be that our system guarantees transparency. And we've implemented lots of things for this. For example, annual and internal uh, annual internal and external audits. Uh, we deliver monthly and annual reports. We are constantly spreading our data of how, which are our beneficiaries, which are our partners, how many kilograms of food we've distributed. So we are sharing and we are also super open to, to spread our data. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we also act as an umbrella. This means that we collect all types of food from many types of food businesses. So we make uh, food baskets. It contains carbs, protein, fruits, vegetables. So it's something bigger than deliver just one type of product, you know, that a company would usually do that because mm-hmm. they only just have like, I don't know, like some, some products, right? So it's like being part of an umbrella and being part of something bigger. And, you know, with, with one solution, you are tackling not only hunger, but also the problem of pollution, right? Because we 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 are against like food waste and hunger. So with one with only one solution, you are tackling two problems. So yeah, these are like some of the unique selling points that Food Bank of Bolivia has. Yes, I got you. It seems like one stone kills two birds. As you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very sustainable ecosystem that you collect food from the big companies and distribute it to people who are in need. I think you wouldn't be able to be here without a perfect partners. I was wondering what was important to you when finding people with expertise that complemented yours uh, for example you mentioned your partners uh jason so how did you meet your co-founder jason and how did you two decide to work together yeah that's actually a really good question as i well when i introduced myself remember i said that i'm a teamwork lover so yeah i'm always like going into teams and I don't know. It's just it's just me. So I, I love it. And well, I met Jason the third year of school when I wanted to found this uh, student society I mentioned. So I just got a recommendation from a professional I really, really admire. So she derived me, derived me with Jason. We got to know each other. We knew we were like very complementary to each other. So we started the, the student society. And because that first project uh, came out, like really really good we started we decided to make that the next one uh, together as well so yeah as you said we have like very complementary heart and soft skills beginning that he is a doctor so he's got a bachelor's degree in medicine and I I have one in business administration so just beginning in that point we have like such a different perspectives to everything and it's really really nice because because, you know, I see the food bank like as a company. I treat it as one, as a company uh, to like structure everything and to have everything in, in, in processes and like to have everything super nice, clean and uh, like understandable and super structural financially. And he is the one that's in charge of, uh, you know, like the human part of the organization, mm-hmm. because he's the one directly in touch with the volunteers, directly in touch with our beneficiaries. He talks to each of our beneficiaries, and he's also in charge of the investigation. 
and he also helps our beneficiaries like with nutrition and stuff like you know that has to do with all this health area yeah yeah that's how we complement each other and I see what what he doesn't and in the other way around so we complement and we go to like a middle point it's not a company it's not a company but it's not just like a charity and it's going like between those that creates a sustainable efficient system so yeah it seems like you two works very well as uh, working partners and uh, also get along very well in free times also and i was just wondering any conflict that you guys got into that you feel strongly disagree with him well no, we, we haven't been like in a big issue since we started. What I would say is that we debate a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we are literally debating all the time because okay. I have one perspective, he has the other, but we're not arguing. We're just debating. And we what's important here is that we keep ourselves super focused and objective in what's better for the food one. We don't, we don't seek for like what's best for me as a person. So we are very focused on what's best for the food bank. We keep super our objectives, our ideas, our, our perspectives, and we debate a lot. But when you keep like an objective perspective, it's like you can easily see who has like the heaviest argument, the strongest one. So the one that has the strongest argument is the one who actually wins the debate and who is going to put in practice idea, the proposal. So that's how our work and our relationship works like every single day. So it's actually super fun because I love debating. But yeah, this allows us uh, not to like really argue, just keeps us like objective and focused. Mm-hmm. And we move on from one like debate to the other like super fast. And it's like, as I said, easily to see who wins and who has the strongest argument. Yeah, got it. It seems like you two are super logical and rational when, when it comes to debating or conflicts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think starting from 2018, and it has been four years working for the Food Bank of Bolivia. Could you share with us some of the projects you're most excited about? Sure. Projects I'm so excited about. So yeah, I would have to, I mean, I'm always developing projects because the part of uh, my work uh, within the food bank is actually developing projects and, you know, doing all these things like to, to grow. And Jason is in charge of like making the things happen in the daily life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've developed a a lot of projects. I have two, which are my favorite ones, because I've also dedicated a lot of time. And well, so the first one is a law project. For the last two years, I've developed a law project with a bunch of lawyers in Bolivia and the Commerce Chamber of Cochabamba, which is a city I live in. And this is a law that aims to offer tax incentives to the food companies that allocate their surplus through food banks instead of throwing this food. It would usually be like that, right? So yeah, it's it's been nice because I've developed this like for the last two years and I've been meeting a lot of people and we have like the perspective of business uh, in Cochabamba. And this is actually that can really make the difference. And this law was uh, implemented like, you know, we, we took as a reference as a similar law project like this that was implemented uh, in the in the United Kingdom. <laughs> so that's actually really, really nice because we we based our law project on what they have. So it helps us a lot. Other countries that also implemented like kind of this law project is Chile, which would be like the nearest one. 
yeah. I, I just heard of those two countries, like they did it like England specifically and, uh, and Chile. So yeah, so we like put it in our context and develop, but this can really make the difference. I mean, we could, if this law is uh, approved, we can be like distributing, I don't know, maybe like 50 or even a hundred times what we're distributing right now. And something that's really interesting is like, actually next week, my partner, Jason will present this project law to our governor. So we're also working in that. And it's it's like next week is the time to show all this work for the last two years and show like what we want. So that would be the first project. And the second one is like an expansion. We want to take our impact to the next level. Yeah. And you know, that's actually the reason I came to Watson is that I want to take it to the next level. I want the, the impact to grow. I want like do fundraising and I'm developing the project so that we can move our operations to other cities, states in, in, in Bolivia. So yeah, those are those are the biggest ones and they're gonna like generate so much impact. So excited about these two. Yeah, that's super good to hear that you're gonna take your venture to scale. Uh, and I also want to gain some funding and a partnership through the network uh, from Watson. And also, you just mentioned about expansion here. So the next one will be, uh, you know, usually as the ventures start to grow, they will participate in dozens of competitions and awards accelerators to gain some fundings. So what are the things that have brought the biggest boost in the development, I mean, in the past four years? Yeah, well, we, we've been through a lot, definitely a lot of grants, a lot of funds, uh, a lot of those. But me, that the main one, I would say it's like in 2018 when COVID came. So just to put you in context, the first two years of the food bank, uh, 2018, like July to 2018, sorry, 2020, June, kind of like those two years. I don't know. I just felt like it was so much work and little, little result for two years. So sometimes I would get like kind of frustrated because I thought like I was going nowhere. There was like, I don't know, I visited like a lot of companies I, and I was rejected like so many times. And uh, well, what happened is that on, you know, COVID uh, came to Bolivia on April 2020. Yeah. Um, so we started the quarantine and a lot of people uh, that suffered food insecurity, were, well, their situation only got worse, you know, so we were okay, we have to do something. So we launched this super, super big campaign, national campaign with the uh, Commerce Chamber of Cochabamba as well. They are big partners of us. So we launched this and... Um, I mean, we started receiving some food. It was kind of getting interesting. It was, <laughs> we were like um, growing our, the, the quantity of kilograms we would use to distribute because it was a nice campaign. And then they just saw that we were generating a lot of impact. You know, society just saw how important these systems are in any country, city, society. So we made a lot of a noise and we started distributing more food and more food, more companies got in. And, you know, like the pinnacle was when actually the president of Bolivia visited us because she just heard like so much from us that she just wanted to to <laughs> to know more. So that was in 2020. The, the president of Bolivia at that time was Janine Añez. So, yeah, she visited us. So we got all the media like on top of us, like for a whole month, you know. No, and then after that, like more and more companies started calling us. It was just, 
everything turned out like crazy because one month early we were like distributing so you can have an idea i don't know like six to to ten tons per month and the next month we were distributing like 100 to 150 tons per month so you know it was like an amazing growth and we had all this social media on top i was like just giving a lot of interviews and so many companies you know got in and it was just like again to take the opportunity if we took the opportunity and work i don't know 20 hours a day so that we can Capture yeah, exactly. We had to respond all this opportunity, all the companies calling. So yeah, we we did it, and that just like really, really boost uh, our development. And after that, yeah, everything started like going uh, better. Uh, we started like hiring people. Uh, we started also winning like a, a lot of grants. So yeah, I was surprised and also a bit shocking to hear about that. It seems COVID nineteen is a biggest boost in the development and if it's not COVID-19 I guess food bank will always come to people's attention and focus it just wouldn't be that quick right yeah that's exactly what I thought like COVID was just like the best thing that could ever happen like to the food bank of Bolivia otherwise maybe would have just like taken a lot of time to get all that um, I don't know so all that social attention because that's important because it shows us our world like to the other enterprises companies and yeah and we it, it actually was like a super interesting like um, experience and definitely made a total different scenario for us. Yes. So people usually when working on their ventures, they will go up and downs and get a lot of challenges and obstacles. And it seems like the timing is always the most important things, uh, no matter you believe it or not. And uh, when the time comes, you just have to capture the once in a lifetime opportunities. Otherwise, it's gone and it will never come. Definitely agree with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just mentioned you got a lot of new partners with you and offer you a lot of food. So tell me about your partners. I know you're working with some of the well-known brands in the world, like Unilever, for Bolivia, and Kimberly Clark. What do they provide you with and how do you gradually build a partnership with them? Yeah, well, all of these companies provide us with their surplus. Unilever, for example, also makes like, you know, food production. And also they deliver us with like uh, healthcare uh, products. Kimberly Clark, they give us diapers, Alicorp, a lot of food, like cereal. And we also have like other partners like Arcor, which is like well-developed in Latin America, which also gives us like food and also funds. So yeah, most of, the, of our partners give us like food or their type of surplus. And um, some of them also give us like, you know, some funds. For example, Bayer is a, is a one a, one of our funders from last year. And when you talk about gradually building partnership, well, that's very true. You know, it's like gradually exactly the word, like how we, we do. Uh, and to build this partnership, what we do is like we are constantly showing them how our system works and updating them on how our system is getting better. We also invite them like to make some food deliveries to orphanage. Uh, so we are constantly inviting them so that they can also volunteer in the food bank and they can see uh, like how we work, how we deliver the food, get to know the beneficiaries so they can just like, you know, in look, not just like by telling them, but they can just like be part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're trying to involve them in the whole system. 
and also to be better exactly. engaged. Okay, got it. So besides all these uh, partners who give you funding, resources, and a lot of support, what kind of things does the Global Food Banking Network offer you? Because I know you first got to learn the term of food bank from the Global Network. And then it has been four years. And throughout the four years, what kind of support does the Food Banking Network offer you? Well, yeah, a lot of things. The main ones would be that they provide us with consult consultancies, multiple consultancies, like in how to make your logistics more efficient, how to how to um, look for beneficiaries and stuff like that. They also provide us with trainings, fundings. They're actually our uh, main funder right now. And they help us to build our international network. You know, they connect us with all the CEOs from the food banks from Latin America. So we can develop projects together. We can learn like the best practices. So yeah, being part of the global food banking network definitely as well, like make a lot of different on, on our development. It seems there's still a very good talk on your road to take your venture to scale. So on the macro level, how do you see the market evolving and what are you excited about for the next? Yeah, well, like evaluating our industry, I would say that there's like so much to do. We're not even feeding like 1% of, the, of all the people that in Bolivia suffer food insecurity. We're, we're not even like uh, collecting 1% of the food that is it is wasted in Bolivia. So, you know, there's just so much work to do. I'm actually so excited about that because we already have the know-how. We already have a well-developed expertise team. We have that global food banking network and also all of our partners who are actually waiting for us in the other cities, states from Bolivia. You know, they're waiting us and they're like, okay, when are you going to be here? I have food. So we have already our partners um, and we are like ready for this expansion. And as I said, this is like super scalable, you know, because as I said, we're not feeding nor like collecting the food, not even 1% of all that we could do. So there's actually like a huge, huge future for the food bank, I would say. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. Um, it seems you're, everything is on the right track and uh, you're kind of bringing it to the next level. Taking the question to a further step, coming from South America, how do you compare the dynamics of the food industry among different regions? I mean, if you get at any time to do some field trips, where would you go in order to do some like uh, compare the dynamics of the food industry? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And my answer again would be <laughs> like, if I would have the chance to visit some food bank and like really get to see in the first hand what they are doing that would be Mexico. it's one of the biggest food banks in the world it's from latin america we kind of have the same context and they have like so many like good practices they are feeding millions 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 of people every single day and they also reach like millions of people so yeah mexico definitely is my reference like for most of the things i search for and uh as i said a reference for for all the world so I really want to learn more from them. Um, and uh, yeah, and of course, there are other food banks uh, from Buenos Aires. That would be other one, which is like super, super interesting. And if you go to Europe, well, food banks are well developed there as well, like from Spain or the law project I just said, like from England. So, you know, there's like best practices to learn almost everywhere because these food banks have so many years 
of experience mm -hmm. so yeah definitely those places would be the ones i would be visit like to learn more and i'm actually planning to do that for the next year yeah that's good to hear about your plan uh, it seems food bank in other areas of the world has reached a maturity however i totally feel Every strategy should adapt to local conditions. For example, I also did some research on if the food bank would be available to work in China. And I found the number of food banks in China is still relatively small. So only Shanghai currently has food banks. And other big cities in China have submitted applications to the government. So it seems like they are still in the beginning of the of the whole journey. I think that's very interesting to know. Yeah, there's actually a lot of big cities who doesn't have a food bank yet. That would be in my case of Bolivia, for example, La Paz, which is like one, like the second biggest city in Santa Cruz. They don't have food banks, so that's why I want to go there. I want to reach them. There's also a lot of food insecurity in those cities. So yeah, that's it's like a lot of cities, countries, they are just beginning with this. Yes, just as I said, the food banks are a relatively new concept in some areas, for example, China. But in some countries, it does reach a very mature market. Yeah. Okay, so after talking so many things about how you started your venture, how did you come to meet your partners? How did you uh, get along with your partners? And how do you uh, start your partnerships with all these big companies? I would like to know more about your inner self. Let's say, is there anything that keeps you going forward? I'm sure you must come across a lot of obstacles and difficulties. So what motivates you to keep going? Let's say you can tell about something that keeps you going in the beginning and something that motivates you most right now. One thing that's in common like from the beginning and now is that what one thing that motivates me because there I have like I have like a lot of uh, motivation sources I would say and I can just I don't know it can vary from one day to another then go back to another the other one the first one but you know I just very enthusiastic for looking my country progress. I want the progress for my country and I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to complain about what the government does good or bad. Um, and, you know, I just decided to be part of the solution to implement something and well implemented because I really guarantee transparency and things like that I, I do like things correctly for me that's very very important but yeah you know my, my country is what mo motivates me like a lot and you know as well another motivation big motivation is my team so now I have a fixed team of 20 people that are counting on me of course I'm also counting on them but they are counting on me as the leader so that is a really, really like uh, strong motivation, as well as that more than 15,000 people that we are feeding right now. I mean, how can that be a motivation? You know, it's like lots of mm -hmm. motivation slash sometimes yeah. pressure, <laughs> but yeah. also you're like super motivated. And, you know, I would also say like I'm super motivated because this also allows me to keep growing professionally and personally. So I am also my, my own motivation, you know. Mm -hmm. Got it. I'm really happy to learn about your big vision and also that there are a lot of people around you that being super uh, supportive. Yes. Yeah, so finally, for the young professionals who would like to build their startup, do you have any tips for them to start? I know you start right away from graduating. So if you get a chance to do it again, what would you do? And any tips you want to give to young professionals? Well, yeah, this is actually a question I love always answering. 
you know, when we were starting with JSON, there were two views as usual. Well, mine was that, okay, first let's get like some fundraising and, you know, like more material resources to get started. And he was like, no, we have to start now with what we have. Otherwise we will not start like never. And yeah, we did what he suggested because I that, at that moment I felt that was better. And, you know, we started with literally nothing. I had my parents' car. I had like some uh, recycled boxes and everyone paid, I don't know, like $10 for each t-shirt. And that was all our investment. And our first day, we collected 87 kilograms that were destined to an orphanage of 15 people, an orphanage who we still feed until like this moment. And we started so little. And then when we were in like already running the business, it's that I started figuring out how this works, how to fundraise, how to um, look for uh, partners and stuff like that. So, you know, what I really learned is that there's, there's no ideal moment to start your venture. It's now or never because... When you were saying like, okay, I will start when I have more money or more time. Those would be the typical ones. It's like you're never starting because that moment will never come. And the only time that counts is just like the present. So I would encourage all of the young professionals to start like, uh, you know, seeking their dreams now and have in mind that there's no ideal time because you're only going to learn like how to fundraise in my case or how to build network when you are like already running the, the, the venture already in like when you're outside you're not able to see anything so you're not gonna get like I'm not gonna get a grant nor nothing you have to fully get into it like completely dedicate your life to it and then things will start coming super good of course you will struggle a lot I'm still struggling sometimes but I think that it will worth it. So that would be like <laughs> my advice, like there, to have in mind that there's no perfect ideal moment to start. It's only now. Yes. I'm really inspired to hear your fun journey because from my point of view, there are two things we can learn from you. The first, I believe it's always now or never. And the second thing is we can learn by doing. You can first jump into something you are not familiar with, but if you have passion in that, you'll eventually end up being the top and also learn a lot of things by uh, practicing in this new areas. Exactly. Totally agree with that. You know, when I started a food bank, I didn't know anything. I had no experience. I was just, a, I don't know, a child. But then I started learning. So I started learning as I ran the, the business, the venture. And that's how I, like, we came up to this point. Right. So mm -hmm. just as you say it did. Yes. So just to have a follow-up questions. So when you and Jason decided to start, have you ever thought about maybe we could, let's say, apply for a new job in a big company and learn something before practically apply this experience to your own ventures? So why did you want to start right away? That's a question I always want to ask. Yeah, you know, it was just the opportunity. There was no other food banks in Bolivia. I had the energy and I had the time, you know, I was just, I just graduated literally. And uh, I like working in something that really, really lights up my passion. You know, I just like putting all of my effort in something that really, that I really love something that is really contributing to the country, to the progress of my country. So I like working on things that I really have a purpose in my life not just like working but 
they have to be like really aligned with my purpose and what I'm doing. And uh, it was the opportunity. And most important, I would say just something inside me was telling me, do it. Trust yourself. You can do it. You're going to learn as you run everything. And that's the most important thing I would say to trust that little voice inside your head telling you do it. You know, a lot of people would encourage us, like, as you said, to look for a job and stuff like that, because that's the usual. That's mm-hmm. what most people do. Yeah. I'm not doing that just because everybody does it. I have to like listen to myself, to that voice uh, inside my head. And I have to trust me. And something so, so strong was telling me like, do it, do it. Like, I mean, now, tomorrow we're going to start. I didn't think it too much. And literally tomorrow, like the next day I started, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's really thought provoking. And the truth is you took a brave move and and everything proved that it's the right action you did four years ago. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for tips and sharing. And I think we are almost uh, running out of time. So uh, in this episode, we learned that the Food Bank of Bolivia helps millions of people find food and grocery, help in their communities every year. And in this global context, food banks will be needed as much as at any time in recent memories. So they step out to meet the increased need for food relief when communities are faced with unimaginably difficult situations such as COVID-19. So during emergencies, food banks know how to source food in times of scarcity, distribute food when supply chains are broken, and meet needs when prices spike. So I'm very grateful to learn all about these. And again, Nikki uh, or Nicole, thank you for being here on the podcast. We are excited to have you. Well, thank you, Jojo. Thank you very, very much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. As you can see, you can tell that I love just uh, telling everyone how I started and what I am doing. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's always inspiring to hear about the stories of venture uh, founders. Yeah. Okay. So for listeners, thanks for listening to TMT podcast and indulging some feel good insights for the month. Join us in creating a more just and a less wasteful food system. See you next time.